We're going to celebrate communion in a minute. A couple of housekeeping items while I get my housekeeping up here. If you're not busy Wednesday night, and if you are busy, you have a choice now. I'll say it that way. We're going to have a dinner, some world-class Costco lasagna, and some world-class Costco Caesar salad. Should I preach down here today? It's kind of nice. Yeah? We'll start. We'll see what happens. And then uh, after that, we'll have some dessert, I'm sure. We always do that. And after that, we'll come in here and we'll pray. And we're going to have a small uh, presentation of some of the opportunities we have to get rid of the asbestos in our tile. Uh-oh. Everyone breathe. Hold your breath. I'm kidding. We're fine. The point is we want to get it out. And then to dream a little bit and say what we might and can and be able to do as a church to make uh, our sanctuary a bit more practical, per se, updated and functional. And I have a huge punchline for Wednesday night. You're going to go, woohoo, let's do it. But I'll save that for, that's called a tease in the radio business, but I'm not in the radio business. But um, come, uh, sorry, Wednesday night. Um, we do have some RSVP slips over there in our welcome room. If you haven't and you're going to come, just let us know so we can gauge the food. You don't have to RSVP to come. So if something falls out or you can be here, join us. It should be a great night. Last kind of housekeeping thing. It's more than a housekeeping thing. I'll come up here because I'll be walking over here. Um, when I got here and when we got here last year, um, Pastor Dave kind of gave me a handoff, you know, a little bit. <laughs> Like, here's some of the people that kind of come around our church and sometimes ask for help. He warned me against some of the ones that kind of got a little, like, but most of the people are great. And so over the last year, I, because I'm here Monday through Friday, sorry, I'm here Sunday through, fr- Sunday through Thursday. I don't want to mislead anybody. Um, I got to meet a gentleman named Dave, and Dave's been battling life, and Dave is working on his health, and Dave was living in a shelter and not living in a shelter, and he'd always come by and be gracious. And when we could help him, we would help him. But the nice part was when we couldn't help him, we just couldn't, he would say, thank you so much for all that you've done. And that's not the ultimate lit- litmus test when dealing with people, but that's a nice show of grace both ways, right? Like, we, we can't, we're not trying to manipulate. So um, three months ago, Dave came by and said, uh, the housing's really expensive here. I'm going to get some help and work part-time, and I'm going to have an apartment in Reno. He said, oh, Pastor, can you help me get to Reno? I said, yeah, I can help you get to Reno. I'll, I'll get the PJ, you know what I mean, private jet. But we didn't do that. We got him a Greyhound, <laughs> we got him a Greyhound ticket, and we went to Reno. And he was doing good. I checked in with him with text. He's, he doesn't really text that well, so I call. I like to text. Sorry, I know it's impersonal. And uh, he showed up last Sunday and kind of explained his situation. He said, I'm back down here to work on my paperwork. I'm transferring all my paperwork up there, his veteran stuff, his Social Security stuff. And he said, guess what? I start as a greeter at Walmart next Friday which is awesome. I'm like, Dave, I'm so proud of you, this, this, and this. But he said, uh, I need a couple things. Can you help me out? So he, he was working with another church, and another church in Menlo Park got him, like, brand-new glasses from LensCrafters. Awesome, right? And um, I got a picture of Dave. I think they got it. I sent it late. Sorry, guys. We got Dave a haircut. He wanted to keep it kind of long. I was like, chop it all off. No, I didn't say that. Uh, but this was in Burlingame uh, last week. And so uh, we got him another bus ticket. And so I just want you to know, as we serve the Lord together, we're serving people and his people, and we're trying to see uh, people's lives transformed. So he's in Reno. I talked to him. He started at Walmart, and the only thing he said to me is, Dave, Walmart's busy. I said, yes, it is. It's very busy. So uh, if I get any updates about Dave and some other, we'll just continue to walk, and that's what we want to do. We want to be transformed by the gospel. We want 
as we'll learn today, we want the word of truth to penetrate deep into our hearts and then be salt and light, especially in America in 2017. Amen? Amen, right? That's good. Yeah, that's great. So let me pray. Remember Dave as you will. He's a good dude. We'll try and check in, and uh, we'll study the word for a bit. And then after, thank you, Russ, we'll celebrate communion. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this church and the things that you're doing. Thank you for the witness of baptism. Thank you for young ones and middle ones and wise ones. And thank you for our brother Dave. Bless him and keep him as he's gone back up to Reno. Sustain him. And as we walk through this passage of scripture, help us not to simply be one way as it's described, but help us see the folly in that, but be encouraged to want to every morning get up and obey you. Father, you have given all. What else could you give? Let us respond in kind in loving and serving you and worshiping you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to finish James chapter 1. Finally, five weeks for one chapter. So we're going through the book of James. And we're going to try and finish by Easter. I'm mapping it out, and we're trying to finish by Easter, Advent season. Uh, sorry, Lent, not Advent. We just, we just did Advent, right? So here we go. Advent will be here before you know it. We're already on our calendars for churches talking about 2019 in some ways. So you guys are like, what are you doing? We're trying. Help us, okay? James 1.21. We picked up, this is where we left off in a bit last week. James 1.21. There's your normal Bible verse. Most of us go to church and we all get that verse thrown right at us, right? But remember where James is. We are in the middle and understand the last of four battles, five maybe, but we'll go with four. The first battle when going through trials, all shaped by trials, don't give up, don't doubt. The one who doubts is like the man, double-minded, thrown, twisted. Pastor, I doubt. We went through it. Remember Mark 9? Lord, I believe, but help me in my, that should be our prayer every day as a Christian. I believe, Lord, but strengthen my belief. And then we saw comparison. Remember the rich and the poor, and we'll get to favoritism later in the letter, but don't compare, because when we're going through it and when we're in the trial, it's very easy to go, Larry Cavallini is a jerk. Why is God being so good to him? You're not Larry, by the way. If your head's down, you get picked on, so everyone's eyes on me, right? No, I'm kidding. But the point is, when we're going through it and hard times come, it's very easy to look around and go, oh, this and that, and we get bitter, we get angry, and all that stuff starts to happen, Right? That's the second battle. Don't compare. The third battle is anger. Sometimes when we're going through it, we look all different ways and get angry. And James reminds us, if we're not, what? Slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to become angry. We're not producing the righteousness of God. That's what he says. That doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Anger and self do not produce what God's kingdom is after. So there's a battle there, and this happens every day for me. And this last part is the struggle with the world. <gasps> Go home and watch the Super Bowl. I'm wearing as close as I can to a Patriots jersey up here. This is the colors at least, right? I can't wear a jersey up here. I would have if I could. And then watch the commercials. And I'm not a goody two-shoes or a L7 square, but what Western culture and what advertising agencies and our culture will do is use immorality, vulgarity, 
sensuality to push forth what they want to sell in billions of dollars, right? The world, we're out there. We have to, we're called to live in the world but not be what? Of it. So we're in this world for our citizenship is in heaven, but God has us here on a journey right now. And James says, fight the battle against the world. But look at what comes next. Verse 22. I'll speak from my own life. When I was in my 20s, I was right about everything. Anybody know anybody in their 20s? Are they mostly right about everything? Steve's like, I'm almost out of it, right? But the point is, my views were very <laughs> concrete. I didn't have a lot of grace. I was bullish, and my attitude was, if you're not like us or don't believe like us, adios, Jack. And I was doing Christian work. I was going all over the world serving as a missionary in some short-term missions. So I was an ambassador of Christ with that attitude. I didn't read James 1, what is it, 22 much back then. Because what James is getting at, right after he talks about the world and its pressure, and sometimes we see the world for what it is, and especially, oh, we'll go, why not? Do you know the Super Bowl is the number one trafficking event in the world? Just letting you know. And it makes my blood boil. And I get angry when young females are taken and hurt. And I just want to literally just say, okay, let's go in. Let's get the biggest guys we can. Let's turn off the cameras. And let's see what happens in the end. Now, that's a visceral reaction. It's out of anger and maybe self. And I know from the scriptures that doesn't bring the righteousness of God. This does. So in my fight and in my Christian ministry and in my battle of unbelief, I'm told not to want to get a baseball bat and go into a room. I'm told to be a doer of God's word and God will not be mocked and God will build his kingdom. And so there's a whole thing going on here with James. James is sitting us down as a pastor, as someone who's been in and around Jerusalem for at least two decades, who knows Christian families, who knows Christian people, who sees all the things happening back then as they are kind of happening now, who sees the Christian angst sometimes and go, this is not right. And he says, yes, but don't succumb, especially when times are hard. Because I'm here to kind of tell it to you, if you want to try and obey Jesus the rest of your life, I think times might be harder in some ways than if you don't. Because... Things like justice and compassion and mercy and grace and long-suffering and hospitality and compassion again and grace again are bubbling up from the Holy Spirit himself. And he, through the example of Jesus and the written word, say, that's what you got to get into. <laughs> Go there. Dave Johnson, your love for football might diminish a little and you might care more about the oppressed in your community around the world. And when you live in light of that, man, life is hard because you turn on the news and go, I can't take it anymore, Lord. And the Lord says, I know, and I want you to enter, but I want you to enter in a way that I've prescribed, not on your own. Because on your own, always for me, I go about two hours and I'm angry and I'm off track. And James, a good pastor, says, be a doer of the word. What is the word? Did they have the Bible when James wrote? Not the way we have it. Mainly, be doer of Jesus' teaching which fulfills the Old Testament law. 
We studied Jesus' teachings for eight months, so if you've been here, we're on the same page, right? If you haven't been here, go look at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, and just read. So be a doer of these things. Be a doer of the heart of the Torah, not the legalistic religion of the Old Testament. Be a doer. And then James is so good. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. What does he say? If you're a hearer only, you are deceiving yourself. Don't think of anyone in the room, but think of another person in your life as an example. What's one of the saddest things you see as a human? When someone lives their life in deception unto themselves. And that's what James gets at. Look what he does. Next one. If anyone simply hears the word but doesn't do it, doesn't obey, it's not even applying, it's not even pondering, going, what did Jesus mean when he saw Zacchaeus in the tree? I love Francis Chan. I got to meet him a couple times 10 years ago. He's an author and speaker and pastor, does a lot of ministry now. And we were up at a summer camp right when he was transitioning out of his church down south, big church. And so we didn't really know him, but he, we were kind of like the, uh, the safe venting board. You know what I mean? Like a couple of counselors. Just, and he said, this is what we do in my church, church in America. We read the scriptures and we see what Jesus tells us to do. And then sometimes we gather around for two and a half hours and we pray about if we should do Jesus' clear teaching. So Francis Chan explained that for a week, and it really impacted us because, yes, we should have some strategy and we should be unified, but we don't have to sit down and hear from the Holy Spirit on high to go obey our Lord. And that's what James is saying. Know what your Lord asks from you. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, is the whole tenant. <laughs> and then go be a human being and love people. And then James kind of does this mirror thing. How many have a smartphone? I think mine's over there. Can I get a smartphone? Thank you. I know your code, so I can open it. Marital advice. You want a free marital advice? Let each other know your password. I'm serious. I'll just, maybe we'll do a marriage seminar one day. It's good. So, unfortunately, I have a mirror of myself because it's selfie mode, right? That's not the prettiest thing I've ever seen. Oh, my gosh. Now I have a mirror here. You guys are ducking and dodging, right? In our culture, there's no study, but just guess, how many times do we see a perfect reflection of ourselves in a day, if we want to? Junior hires, a thousand. <laughs> now this is where culture and context come into play. A mirror, when James is writing, is not a mirror the way we know or a selfie camera, a mirror. I was looking for one for a week at home. A mirror resembles this, and this is better than the mirror they had. We all look pretty good in this thing, huh? Bob's so handsome, you are a handsome man. You see, that's, that's not much there, right? But mirrors might have been bronze, or metal, or even some rock or even at times granite or different hard stone, how would you like to be the guy that had to polish the hard stone to make it into a mirror for someone? But what James is getting at is when people in the first century had an opportunity to see themselves 
in a very good mirror, probably on an estate or someone with money, they wouldn't do the selfie thing we do. Oh, get, get my face away from me. Most of us get it ready in the morning and go, I still have two eyes, brush my teeth, and we get out of the mirror. Amen? Let's be honest in church. Some of you more beautiful people, maybe, go, I'm so debonair, or whatever we do, and go for it. Like, you're beautiful. Like, do it. I can't do it, okay? But my point is, most of us run from a mirror nowadays. We can be honest in church about that, right? It wasn't so when James was writing. When people got a chance to look at themselves in the mirror, they studied themselves because it may have been three months, six months, eight months, or for the first time in their life, and they wanted to see where their mole was and how their eyebrows were doing and what their teeth looked like. So they intently looked in. This is where we miss it in our culture. We, in a way, know what we look like, but we as a culture change what we look like every day on social media and with photography. Any photographers in the room that get paid to do it? When's the last time you just threw a photo to someone after you charge them a grand without doing anything to it? I know why we do it. They look beautiful. Our wedding photos were done beautiful because I'm not that handsome and I look good for one day. You know what I mean? Maybe because I was standing next to her. But the point is, see what James is writing. People studied and go, oh, that's a chin. Or, oh, there's a couple chins where we're at in life or whatever we do now. But the point is, people would look intently and not gloss over what they look like with things that we tend to do in culture. That's why this passage can go poof if we don't see it. I got five minutes and I'm talking fast and I got a dry throat. Look what James says. Next verse. If someone studied their appearance for a half an hour and walked out and, lit and acted like, I'll say it this way. Let me do the, the best topic I can do. That's, it's hard nowadays. I can't even do a topic without even thinking all the... the I'll do a physical thing. If I looked at myself in the mirror, then got on a plane to Houston tonight and thought I looked like Tom Brady, and then went in this suite to Giselle and said, hey, babe, what are we doing later? How foolish would I be? I'd be arrested. I wouldn't be a pastor here anymore. Good. You would think I was a moron in my deposition and testimony. Wait, you actually thought you looked like Tom Brady? You thought you could snuggle it. Don't laugh too hard. You thought you could snuggle <laughs> You thought you could sub up next to his wife because you resemble him, and you thought you could get in the limo on the private jet and go to Brazil after all that. You could do all that on, because you thought you were, looked like him, and that's a childish example. But James says, when we profess the name of Christ, when we get baptized into his name, amen, right? When we profess that he is my Lord, I'm going to do my best. I believe, help me in my what? Unbelief, Lord, help me. And then we walk out and act like we look like Tom Brady. We are foolish and we're only deceiving who? Because everyone else knows I'm Dave Johnson. You're not Tom Brady. You could do it gender-wise. You could do it different races. You could do any of these examples, but 
James literally says, after you've studied your face, you're walking out the door and acting like a fool. And James would say, don't hail the name of Christ. He gets there later in the letter. Just go act a fool. (laughs) He would say, if you want to live like that, so be it. Just don't do this. And so that's why James as a pastor digs deep. It's a couple of verses and an easy example. But when we see it for what it's saying, it's like, oh. And here's the key. Next verse, sorry. James closes. We'll close and serve communion in a sec. Don't walk around thinking you're Tom Brady, Dave. But the one who looks into the perfect law, oh, I have heard that line. That must be the Old Testament. Wrong. That must be the pages of the Bible. They point to him. The law of liberty. Who is the law of liberty? Jesus Christ. The one talked about in John chapter 1. The one we saw at Advent were 118. John said, no one's ever seen God the way he's revealed himself in this way. And that's where I debunked Moses and all the other guys who they saw a shadow of God. But we've seen God. His name is the law of liberty or the law of love. Jesus. So what we're to do is what? But the one who looks into the perfect law, Jesus Christ himself, the law of liberty, and perseveres. He's wrapping up the chapter. What are we talking about? Hard times. Who had a hard time this week? I'll pray for the rest of you. You're in church. You can't lie. Anyways, but we all had a hard time. And those are those battles that come. The first one is what? Doubt. The second one is comparison. The third one is anger and self. The fourth one is the world itself. A lot going on out there. But he who perseveres, being no hero who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed. James is finishing the way Jesus finished in Matthew chapter 7. Golden rule, two doors, two roads, two houses. Remember Jesus' words? Those who hear these teachings and put them into practice will be like the man who builds on the solid rock, not the sand. So when the storm comes, when life comes, grounded, because we are not only just hearers, but we're what? Doers. And real quickly, I said it again, I got a minute. You know how you truly conquer your doubt and your anger, your self-loathing and self-defeat at times? I know there's a lot in our lives. Comparison, we do the work of the Lord. That's how it comes together. We obey Christ. We look where we can be salt and light. And as we're walking in obedience to that, God in grace meets us when we doubt And when we say, Lord, help me on my unbelief, he's like, I'm here, I'm ready. Let's go a little farther. Lord, help me when I get angry. Okay, we can work on that too. Lord, help me when I compare things to all other people. Yeah, that's hard for your soul. I'll help you with that. And Lord, help me from being stained from this world. That's a biggie. But God will meet us, and he's just prescribed for us to obey him. We'll talk more about that. We're going to take the Lord's Supper in a moment. Music team is going to come up after I pray. The Lord's Supper is for us who believe in Jesus Christ. We will pass the trays one at a time. Music team will lead one song. We will break. I'll lead us in. And just so you know, PSA, 
We're looking at trays that both elements can be passed at once. We're not there yet. We're still passing two trays. Does that make sense? So we'll get there as we go. But uh, as I pray, music team, why don't you come up and lead us and let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for a silly little analogy long ago to convey the truth of heaven. Father, don't let us as people live like foolish people. Let us hear your word and let us hear from Jesus. And then let us go and act and be obedient. And in this time and space for our country and our culture in this world, I pray that we would be agents of mercy and grace, that we would truly be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, and obey you, and we would grow in that for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.